0: Hey, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show. Henry David Thoreau once said that he wanted to live deliberately. Well, now, what does that mean? How do we squeeze the most orange juice out of life? Well, we're going to be talking to a guy today who lives so deliberately. He sold his house, tossed his family in the car, and he drove. To, he drove. He drove to South America. That's coming up next later in this hour, right after the news with
1: Katie. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio News. President Obama is bringing 11 families of those killed in the shootings at Connecticut's Sandy Hook Elementary School to Washington on Air Force One. The president is bringing the victim's relatives with him on his plane after he delivers a speech today on gun control in Hartford. A school bus went off the road, rolled over, and lodged in an embankment today in New Mexico, and the driver died at the scene. Authorities are still not sure whether the driver had a heart attack or died from the crash. Investigators said that six injured students were also taken to a nearby hospital for treatment. Chicago Mayor Ram Emanuel is expected to speak at Roger Ebert's funeral today. The film critic died last week at age 70 after a long battle with cancer. And Margaret Thatcher died today from a stroke. The first and only female British Prime Minister was 87 years old. Queen Elizabeth has authorized a ceremonial funeral for her, complete with flags at half-staff. In world news, police said today that an unknown number of culprits made off with 5.5 tons of Nutella chocolate hazelnut spread from a parked trailer in the central German town of Bad Hersford today. The loot is worth 16,000 euros or 20,000 U.S. dollars. And Secretary of State John Kerry is hoping to help the dormant Mideast peace talks during his meetings today with Israeli Prime Minister and other senior Israeli and Palestinian officials. He's trying to end a more than four-year stalemate during which the two sides have hardly negotiated for peace at all. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Just trying to find myself during this show. I don't know what it is. I think it's just we had a traffic jam on the freeway. And I'm running. Uh, Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, we are going to teach you how to live a life where you're not in a traffic jam. How to live deliberately, as Thoreau once taught... And, uh, you know, what could be better than just ch- making sure your life is full of choices? Not, you know, a lot of us might end have ended up where we are in our profession, not necessarily because it was a choice, maybe because you couldn't do anything else you thought, or maybe because your parole officer says you can't leave the state. But for whatever reason, you may be in a position where you may not be fond of it. You may be thinking there's so much more you could offer the world. And today's the day we are going to get into that. How do you live a life that's deliberate? How do you make sure you are choosing your path instead of just letting everyone else choose it for you? Have you ever had a parent say, Oh, no, you need to follow in the business? You need to just do the same family business we've all done. We all do insurance. I was an insurance agent. Your father was an insurance agent. Your grandfather was an insurance agent. By golly, you're going to be an insurance agent. Then what do you do? Hmm? Skyboy? Oh, that's not your family, is it? That's not my family Let's say your do- your dad was a doctor. okay let's say I don't know, an ear nose and throat of some sort, hypothetically hypothetically, and he says, "Skyboy, my little child, my little caped wonder, I need you I really feel strongly you need to be an ear nose and throat surgeon. What would you say? Um get rid of your guitar, lose the fingernails. I' have lost them. okay. Uh, get rid of your guitar, and I want you to go to med school. C- give up this radio thing. <laughs> Quit pushing buttons. It's taking you nowhere, Skyboy. Well, I if if I didn't have any desire to do that, it'd probably bother me. You want to be a doctor? maybe. I kind
2: of, I kind maybe kind of want to be a doctor.
0: This is up there with your other dream of being a pro baseball player. Yeah. So you got two to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you choose that? How do you live deliberately on that? Well, if I could be a pro baseball player, I'd definitely choose that. You'd want that. Yeah. And if you can't, you just fall back on medicine. Yeah. And if that doesn't work out, you can just play guitar. Yeah. Hmm. See? You've got a lot of choices. Got a lot of choices. Because you're living deliberately. And then there's Bryce. Who... Well, what, what are you going to
2: be, Bryce?
3: Bryce when Bryce grows
0: up, Bryce wants to be a historian and study Thoreau and be the docent at the Thoreau um, Museum. I... On Walden Pond.
3: You know, if you want there's a cliffhanger on that, because later on the show, we'll talk about how that's probably what I don't want to do and how I feel very strongly <laughs> about not wanting to do that. We'll call that a tease. That that's is a cliffhanger a te- tease. That's an hour and a half
0: tease. So, you know, yeah, if you have to stick around, please do. You kind of think that Walden Pond should be... Pumped out and then filled in and then redivided as a as like a subdivision.
3: You want to know something actually really funny? What? I was talking to my sister yesterday, and I told her I was preparing for this. I was you know getting some thoughts out, and I told her uh, what I was doing. Number one, she uh, did some theater play thing in high school. Yeah, with one of Thoreau's work. I think it was with Walden or something. I don't know exactly what it was, um, and. She really hated every second of it. Really? Yeah. She didn't like the play. She didn't like her part. She was didn't it like too the director. Deliberate?
0: She didn't like the deliberate.
3: Maybe it wasn't deliberate enough. Maybe it was trying too hard to be something that already was. Wow. I don't know. She didn't like it. Then, okay. then the 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 big deal, the big crux one. of the biscuit. Yeah. All right.
0: The crux of the biscuit, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Let's get us to the crux of the biscuit. <laughs>
3: My grandmother bought land on Walden Pond. Did she really? She did. Was it a bad land deal? Uh, no. I mean, I'm sure it was tremendously expensive. Were there
0: taxes on it?
3: Uh, maybe. She may have
0: begrudgingly paid, <laughs> paid for them. The taxes, which is a thorough yeah. inside joke. Yeah. He I'd, didn't want to pay taxes, so yep. he went away to the woods because he wished to live deliberately. Yes. To affront, I think is the word to use the essential facts of life and see what life had to teach. And not, when he comes to die, discover that he had not lived. And
3: then my grandmother sold the land because my grandfather convinced her that was a terrible investment.
0: (sighs) That's sad. Was she living deliberately?
3: uh, I think she was trying. She's a little too deliberate there. A little too much (laughs) deliberateness. She was was trying to hide money
0: (laughs) in any asset she could. Well, we're going to have you on then. And I want you to give us your view of Thoreau. Oh, I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. But just be nice because he tried hard.
3: He, no, he was deliberate. <clears throat> he I don't know tried if he tried, deliberately. but he, he was deliberate about it.
0: That is the goal of the show. Now, the, I've got the ultimate in deliberate living, and I want you to, when I go through this, you're probably going to feel something really cool. Uh, there was a boy named Jack Hoffman, seven years old. What would you think if I said Jack Hoffman in the red and white game at um, at Nebraska's spring football red and white game, If I, what would you think if I told you he ran back... A a running play about sixty three yards for a touchdown. Seven years old.
1: Is that was he good? playing against other seven years? He was
0: playing. No, he was playing against the Nebraska football team, oh. varsity, <laughs> college, NCAA football, and this cute little seven year old boy busted a move like you've never seen and ran. 69 yards for a touchdown in the red and white scrimmage game. Help
2: me put it into perspective. I understand basketball, but football is a big mystery. Is that really good? That's huge. Okay. How much of the football? 100 foo- yards of the is foot- what
0: you can play on, right? So, so that's yard two-thirds team, of the game. football field, you're saying. Yeah. He ran okay, 70 yards. Good. Yeah, two-thirds all the way back for a touchdown. And
3: also, you consider it's seven-year-olds? Seven. Seven-year-olds. Not a lot of passing in those games, no. if any. But see, this boy was playing. He was playing against the
2: varsity The varsity Nebraska team. football team. So I'm guessing they might have been a little bit lenient. No. They <sighs> were going all out. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, now, <Rob>? so <laughs> the story behind the story <laughs> is the next time they meet any team.
0: Watch out for the That other kid. team's
2: going to go, oh, look who it is. It's the Nebraska look so-and-so. So, it no. to a
0: seven-year-old. Here's the story uh cute little jack hoffman he was wearing by the way the jersey number of number 22 rex burkhead which is i guess a running back and yeah he you know rex mm-hmm. well i know of him. i mean you know of him yeah. well check this out hoffman is from nebraska and he's won the hearts of fans and everyone in football program for his courageous bout with brain cancer Star running back Rex Burkhead befriended little boy Jack last year, and um, he's a captain of the football team, and he is now uh, the captain of little Jack's support network known as Team Jack. So Burkhead made sure that he got a jersey, put him with a helmet. He had the whole, all the gear. Fourth and one play. They call in little Jack Hoffman. Uh, He gets a handoff from Taylor Martinez. Jack started running left, but Martinez redirected him. That's the redirect. Which is always tricky in football. And the little guy turned on a dime, followed a wall of blockers down the field, and uh, he ended up scoring a 69 yard touchdown in front of, by the way, 60,174,000 fans. That's huge! Isn't that cool? That's really cool. So that's like, that's totally living deliberately. Isn't it interesting that a boy with cancer knows what he wants to be? With When he grows up, I want to be a football player like Burkhead. I want to get there. I want to play for Nebraska, and I want to score a touchdown. And wouldn't that be cool? And then what happened is everyone got out of his way and let him have it. Wouldn't that be? That's how life's supposed to be. We've got to figure out how we want to live deliberately. Then we got to get everyone on our side like a big wall of blockers, and then we do it. So if if Bryce doesn't want to go to the Thoreau Museum, he doesn't have to. He could do Emerson. He could do, he could do any, you know, any thinker. If Rob wants to run the freeway system of California and be in charge of opening and closing all of the freeways and highways in California, by golly, it's yours. If on-ramps cause traffic, if we close all the on-ramps, the traffic will be great. Fixed. Done. So anyway, I think that's cool. So shout-out to the Nebraska football team and especially a shout-out to 7-year-old Jack Hoffman for a 69-yard touchdown run. That's a very hard thing to do, especially that was his first play. First play. First play of his life. First scrimmage (laughs) ever. He scores a 70-yarder. That's incredible. Uh, Anybody else got some ideas about living deliberately? Let's talk about alternate universes for a second. Okay. Where is this going? Do you believe in alternate universes? Yes. In fact, I just heard – I've been doing some research. Apparently, our solar system has like a billion potential Earths in it. Wow. Did not know that. So, Our solar system. Run out of oil, we know where to go get more. Yeah, we know where we can go get more. Billion. Imagine
2: for a moment that in this alternate universe, Ronald Reagan is a woman (laughs) with a British accent. Yes, I think I've. And instead heard of, of her, instead of his famous words, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Yes. In this alternate universe, the famous words are, Mr. Gorbachev, we Wait, can do business together. You have to do it in a lady's British accent. Yeah.
4: Mr. Gorbachev,
2: <laughs> we can do business together.
0: Get the... Wow, that was good though. You in your face. <laughs> Which people can't see, Robbie was selling it.
1: No, no, no,
2: no.
0: He's channeling her. Which,
2: by the way, I have no idea. Of course, if you haven't picked up by now, we're talking about the late Margaret, the Thatcher, Lady Margaret, yeah, first female Prime Minister of Britain. Where that famous quote, "No, no, 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 no," came from? It was yeah. something she said to Parliament. But
0: would you like that's more? She's known for. Would now. you like some grey poupon? I don't think she ever said that. No, 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 no. no.
2: No, no.
0: So what about her? Oh, she passed. Well, she passed away. And and that is – oh, interesting. That's a woman that lived deliberately. Well, to the
2: point where she was a very polarizing figure. There are working class people in parts of England today that are probably holding parties. Yeah. You know, I mean she wasn't one who was completely loved or completely hated. She was – yeah, definitely both.
0: But think about where she fits in history. You know what I mean? The great fall of the of uh, the Great Wall, right? Yeah, communism well, and, down with her, with a little uh, Reagan, little Gorby. Well, it's all an over glass ceiling is an
2: overused yeah. term, but it, this is one of the cases where it's definitely applies. As much as her involvement in the fall of the Berlin Wall was smashing the
0: glass ceiling in oh Britain for women was. Well, just and f- huge. That's really – I mean that really says a lot. How many times was she probably told, no, 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 no. A female prime minister? How, by the way, this was 30 years ago. What year was this? 25 that's, years ago? Yeah, it was uh, – she served uh, as the
2: leader of the conservative party from 1975 to 1990. In the <laughs> parliamentary system, you're not elected to a separate branch of government. Right. You just – the party that's in power takes their leader and – So think of that.
0: When did we get Nancy Pelosi in power as far as so that that's, you know, kind of an equivalent. But or uh, right now we've got um, Hillary Clinton thinking she might run in 2016. Twenty five years later, America's catching up to where this wonderful lady was. Well,
2: 1975. And she uh, basically got to, you know, it it was in the 80s. It was kind of mirroring a lot of the same movement that was going on in the United States. But she had a, her own special flair to it. Though. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Where, where Reagan was kind of just the smiley, you know, she had kind of more of a, she I mean, a the, pistol. She was known as the Iron Lady. Yes. The Iron Lady. Iron. But she just came from a modest background, daughter of a grocer, studied chemistry at Oxford. OK, that's where I think she started. Gave her first political speech at age 20. Wow.
0: I don't know why I looked at Skyboy. Sky, have you ever given a talk? No. Other than church related? I don't think so. Yeah, well, you got to get we'll on it if you want to catch up to Lady Thatcher. I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay not competing there. <laughs> it's a big deal. Uh, living deliberately, that's our topic today. Do you feel like you've been living your life deliberately? When you think of your career, do you feel like you've chosen that? Are you where you want to be? Are you just mad about what society's done, you know, what your family's forced you to do? You know, we got pregnant. We had a kid and we got pregnant, so I couldn't go back and finish school. I had to go work and now you're just stuck. If you feel stuck, today is the day because we are going to get into um, this wonderful idea of living deliberately. And have I got a guess for you? What if I said, I'm going to take my family and I am going to just up and leave and everyone would say what? So if I said that to any of you, okay, we're done. I'm done doing this. I'm done doing everything I do. I want I want to go change the world. Do you know what would have
2: happened if they'd asked Margaret Thatcher if she wanted to sell everything and move out? What? She would have said,
0: no, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know what it is. That gives me the creeps. You just give me chills right there. I don't know why. Hmm. How about you guys? That weird you out a little bit? A little. When he channels, Margaret. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> we like it. Um, so if I was going to leave and just say, I'm going to go. What would, uh, seriously, I want you to think of the first thing you think to me, Merritt. You get ready on this one, okay? Because this is, this is real. If I was going to leave, no more radio, no more TV, no more speaking, no more books, nothing of that. And I was just going to take my family. I was going to sell everything and put them in a van. Down by the river. No, put him in a van and just start driving to South America.
4: Matt, I would think you're a little bit crazy. you think I'm nuts, huh? Yeah, I would think that you didn't know what you were getting yourself into.
0: Yeah, you'd be very right because <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. But we have a guest that did that. Sold everything. Everything. Quit his job. He had tried really hard to get this job. He got a job. Loved his job, but he just it's not what he was called to do. So he found... A higher calling, put his family in a car, and they have literally, I think, so far gone from Alaska down to South America. And we're going to call him today. His name is Greg Denning. He's written a book on living deliberately with his beautiful wife, Rachel, and uh, we're going to learn all about him. I've known him for about 14 years. And when you when you know their story, they're not faking it. Like, they're for real. They don't know where their food's coming from in the next three weeks. I mean, maybe it's different now, but doubt it. So, talking to Greg Denning about living deliberately, we're going to get into a little bit of Thoreau. Thoreau did it. If it's good enough for Thoreau, it's good enough for all of us, including Bryce Tobin. And we'll be back giving you more ideas on how to live a deliberate life. Think if you've got one. Do you feel like your life is yours? Are you proud of it? Are you excited to keep living it? This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
5: Is the room you're in too noisy or too quiet? It turns out some noise is good for you, but how much?
6: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
5: Ever find yourself saying, it's too loud to hear yourself think? Scientists from the University of British Columbia and University of Virginia investigated that idea to see how noise levels can affect your creativity as well as your behavior as a consumer it appears that there is a sort of Goldilocks range. Not too loud, not too quiet. That's the sweet spot for both. Counter to expectations, silence may not be golden here. People in the studies did less well at creative tasks in a dead silent room compared to a room with a moderate amount of human speech noises. The slight distraction from noise was found to free people's minds to think more creatively. The best results came from a peak noise level around 70 decibels, about the level inside your car while driving on a highway. But too much of a good thing is bad for concentration. 85 decibels and up makes thinking harder. <clears throat> the research has marketing applications as well. It showed that people in a store with a little noise would tend to try new products more. But loud stores kill sales. For Innovation Now, this is <clears throat> this is Buddy Rubino.
6: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Why not get your business involved as a sponsor of Cougar Sports on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and BYUtvsports.com. For details, call 801 422 1448 or email corporate support at BYU.edu.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We were uh, actually <laughs> trying to sing. That's a great song. We call that a song on top of a bump, and we were bumping in and, uh, with our normal music, and then we were supposed to be playing you a little bit of Lady Margaret Thatcher saying no, 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 no. Just see how we close. Have it. No. We have
5: it. No. You- yeah.
1: No. No.
0: <laughs> see? She was ordering. Do you, want, do you want double cheese on that pepperoni? No. No, no. It doesn't even sound like Rob. Nothing like him. It's almost like she's never met him. (laughs) No. (laughs) There it is. Today we're talking about living deliberately, friends. And, um, you know, it's easy in life to just kind of get stuck on the train of life and not know where it's going. And we just kind of go and we, we let life take over and... Kids and age and our our health and all of these things starts to lead us. All of these things lead us instead of feeling like you have control over yourself, over your own life. So we decided to to take a quote that's a very famous quote by Thoreau, Henry David, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And... We in the Thore- Thoreau basically decided he wanted to live deliberately, right, so we 've asked Madison Alfredo to come in and to educate us a little bit on Thoreau and what it means this living deliberately
4: all right, so you know when I think about a true idealist, yeah, and probably the most well known it 's definitely Henry David Thoreau, I mean the guy he was a leader in the transcendentalist you know movement, yeah. everything just about that he just really exemplifies idealism trying to move out from where he was. It's actually very interesting um to see like how he came to this point. So it was the eighteen forties. Before the Civil War, you know, but still War of 1812 has passed, kind of like this awkward stage pretty much. It was like people were finding new religions, trying to find different stuff like that.
0: Branching out, trying Mm -hmm. to find some way to transcend life. Mm -hmm. Thus the transcendental There
4: you go. And so I was just like, but what makes the man do this? You know, why did he? Why was it him that did that? And it turns out that it was his, his mother's father, so his maternal grandfather, okay. led the first ever student rebellion in the U.S. Really? Called Butters' Rebellion at Harvard, seventeen sixty-six. So
0: he's a little. It's a little rebellious streak. Mm-hmm. And the rebellion was was it a university rebellion or was it a yeah. government? Against, no, it against was at Harvard.
4: So it was. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely, student rebellion. And when you think about it, so the grandfather father was like that. He's probably, his it's daughter his was probably like edge. that too. Yeah. And so for a man to marry a woman like that, he would have to be very open, especially at that time. Right. So I'm guessing his home life was very, you know, not necessarily like stick it to the man, but like feel free to make your own decisions, stand up for what right. you believe. And so he actually, you know, Mr. Thoreau tried, you know, like he, like he, kind of went along with what this was a society norm you know he right. went to college he did go to Harvard
0: go to Harvard mm-hmm. get your degree go be a preacher or whatever yeah. they wanted to be but guess what
4: about the degree? what? he refused to pay the fee for his diploma so he never got his diploma
0: so he, he accomplished all the work but he didn't want he's, so
4: technically it was awarded for fee- him but he did not want the piece of paper he's like I have to pay oh, five bucks for that Uh uh-uh.
0: he's, re- he's a little rebel mm-hmm. he's not going to pay the man
4: he isn't Do we still have to pay for that today?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you you want a cap and a gown, you got to pay for that. (laughs) For the (laughs) the little piece of paper. (laughs) Well, yeah. They'll send it to you.
6: Are you lying to me, Matt? Yeah, I
0: am. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I think that you had to pay for that. Well, they'll probably give it to you now. (laughs) Just a piece of paper. Well, back then. Back (laughs) in the day,
4: it was like on sheepskin. And so, like, they had to I kill guess a sheep. Yeah, they had to kill the sheep. Do you know how hard it so. is to
0: down a sh- chase down a sheep to kill it? Uh, yeah, that in Iowa, daily. Oh, <laughs> daily.
1: Sorry, didn't mean to hit home.
0: <laughs> That's scary. Uh, so he was So he's kind of got a little bit of an edge in him. But then mm-hmm. there was more to this, right?
4: Yeah. So you know, he tried to get a job, live a quote normal life, but he normal, just mainstream. like, you know, I'm not going to have it. And so he was one of the main leaders of this movement. And so for this movement, you know, like in the 60s, we had the hippies. Yeah. You know, right now we have the hipsters.
0: Oh, is that a movement?
4: Yeah, totally. Really? Counterculture movement, not as dramatic as this. Like it's kind of
0: a lazy 60s. movement.
4: There you go. Yeah, they're
0: really sleepy a lot. <laughs> they have yeah. to eat at home. <laughs> yeah. That's a good
4: but moment. you know, that's like what the transcendentalist movement was back then. Not everyone was like this. There yeah. were still people that were very high in proper society. So, but yeah. these
0: were all—they weren't taking it. They were going to say, you know, we don't have to be everything normal to society. We can—we don't have to believe in the government as mm-hmm. much. And
4: yeah, and so he, you know, was just okay. I'm going to live out on my own. He had his buddy Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah. you know, another yeah. famous name, another famous author. And so he built this house on this land owned by Emerson, and it was near this pond that was named Walden. And so he wrote of his you know, his activities, why he did this there, um, and actually his quote that everyone quotes yeah. so often is, "...I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach." And not when I came to die, discovered that I had not lived.
3: Yeah, I just wow, the words. man! It looks like you've been. It got was memories. really funny.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I looked over. That's sorry. That's why I laughed because I fam. looked over and saw him mouthing the words.
0: So he didn't want to when he came to die, discover that he had just spent his entire life chasing after corporate America, chasing after the everything else that everyone else says is important. He wanted to know what his most important
4: contribution
0: mm-hmm. was, and that exactly. He
4: lived it. And I mean, who can't relate to this? Right. I mean, there's even like Belle and Sleeping Beauty. I mean, Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. She has a whole song about it because it's relatable.
0: Really? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Which Don't song? ask me to sing well, it. Sing it. Well, sing it. Hit it. We're going to try okay, to find it. Okay. It talks song.
4: about the great wide somewhere. Well, I want more than this provincial life. I'm not going to say okay. it. Okay, you know <laughs> I'm not what? we're going to sing it. on Skyboys on that, and
0: so you don't want more of the. Than, you want more than just the provincial life. You want to yes. live deliberately. Mm-hmm. That's why you're leaving the country. Well, not leaving the country. You're leaving. <laughs> you're staying in the country, but you're leaving our show. You're leaving up education for a year and a half, and mm-hmm. you're going to go see what the world's going to teach you.
4: Yep. Scary. Does, Does it scare that?
0: you? No. See, it should bring out your passion. Yep. Our guest next guest, by the way, when you hear his passion, you're gonna know you're gonna know he's living deliberately. Madison, thank you. No problem. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Okay, well we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna be talking to Greg Denning. But before we go, I want you to get a little taste. Greg Denning left his provincial life here in the United States, left his job, took his family, got in a car basically, and they're traveling the world to live deliberately. Here's just a taste of Greg Denning.
5: Be alive. Be awake and energized and excited about life. Be filled with enthusiasm. Make sure you're living a life that really matters.
0: The uh, Be Alive, Greg Denning's going to be joining us next. He's traveling the world, doing what he can to uh, live deliberately. He's written a book on living deliberately. So stay tuned. We'll be back. We'll give you some tools, a guide on the side to help you and your family create a more deliberate life, a more deliberate and meaningful purpose. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
3: Did you leave BYU without a degree? I'm thankful for the Bachelor of General Studies program because as I chose the life that I wanted to live, being a full-time mom, staying at home, and raising my children, it just gave me hope that I could still finish my goal, but at the same time I could still be fulfilling my responsibilities as a wife and a mother while still being able
5: to take university courses.
3: Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General
1: Studies. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio News. President Obama is bringing 11 families of those killed in the shooting at Connecticut Sandy Hook Elementary School to Washington on Air Force One. The president is bringing the victim's relatives with him on his plane after he delivers a speech today on gun control in Hartford, Connecticut. The United Airlines is putting the grounded Boeing 787 back in its flight schedule, even though the plane is still grounded by government authorities. United acknowledged today that the plane is set to start its schedule on May 31st. Boeing Company has promised to fix the 787's smoldering batteries, but it still needs approval from the Federal Aviation Administration. A school bus went off the road, rolled over, and lodged in an embankment today in New Mexico, and the driver died at the scene. Authorities are still not sure whether the driver had a heart attack or died from the crash. Investigators said that six injured students were also taken to a nearby hospital for treatment as well. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel is expected to speak at Roger Ebert's funeral today. The film critic died last week at age 70 after a long battle with cancer. And Margaret Thatcher died today from a stroke. The first and only female British prime minister was 87 years old. Queen Elizabeth has authorized a ceremonial funeral for for her, complete with flags at half-staff. In world news, Secretary of State John Kerry is hoping to help the dormant Mideast peace talks during his meetings today with Israel's prime minister and other Israeli and Palestinian officials. North Korea says its suspending operations at a factory complex it has been jointly running with South Korea, and the North is moving closer to severing its last economic link with its rival as tensions escalate. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis. This is Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
4: be grand to have someone understand.
3: I want so much more than they've got
0: planned. Welcome back everybody to the <laughs> Matt Townsend show. <laughs> Cue, Cue, horse. A little Bell. A little bell from Beauty and the Beast. She wants more mm-hmm. than what they all have planned in that little village. She wants to go where those books are. What's the song? She sings, I wanna go no, that's no, Ariel. No, Get not that perfect. one up, too. <laughs> you know what I think? It's a Disney theme. Every Disney <laughs> song or show is about somebody not wanting to live where they are. Peter Pan, Wendy, oh, trying to decide heaven. if she wants I to go to Never, Never Neverland. I think we figured it out.
4: Yeah, there you go.
0: Well, we've got a guy that is just, li- in fact, he actually looks like Gaston in a very real way. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Greg Denning is joining us. Uh, for today's show. The best way to find out more about Greg and Rachel Denning is go to their website, DeterminedLives.com. And Greg, uh, he's a teacher, an educator. He's been a coach. He's been speaking for over 14 years. He's actually been speaking his entire life. But he learned uh, he's a professional speaker for the last 14 years. He decided literally to live deliberately, okay? He, He knew his life had more to offer than just teaching, which is a great thing. But he sold everything he has put his family in a car, and by the way, his wife Rachel's a saint and was totally in, and they drove away and have been driving ever since. They're not running from tax collectors. They're not running from anybody except they're running towards their passion. They've been married since 2001. They have five kids, and Greg Denning is joining us. Greg, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
7: Thank you. It's so good to be here. Good to talk to you again, Greg. Now, where are you located Yeah, you too. We are right now on the beautiful shores of Lake Atitlan in Guatemala.
0: Well, okay, I think I understand. So you're not really trying to live deliberately. you just wanted a nice lake life.
7: Just just a sweet life. I bet <laughs> you're laying out.
0: I bet you've got a, you're sporting a nice tan, aren't you?
7: Oh uh, it's nice here. It's about 75 80 degrees every day.
0: Now how long have you been in Guatemala?
7: So, well, that's that's interesting. We only planned, because we took off driving two yeah. years ago, and we only planned to be here for just a little bit, but well, we've been here a year uh, for a couple of days. We love it here, but we're also working on a big humanitarian project, which is part of our living deliberately.
0: No, no. Okay, so fill us in. Here you sit. You were a teacher. I can't remember what Rachel did before you left. She was a mom. Just a mom, and, and still is. And still is the best mom ever, and and you, you're, you come home from work teaching school, I assume, and you say, hey, honey, I got this idea. Is that true? How did this go down?
7: Well, it kind of, a good thing for us, and this, man, this is critical, the good thing for us is it was, we both kind of caught the vision by reading, we were reading voraciously. Oh, were you? We both kind of started catching these new ideas of like, hey, there's, there's another way to live. And as much as I loved what I was doing, yeah. we just felt drawn to get out into the third world and, and try to make a difference and and have more time together. And again, lived away. Well, I like what Thoreau was saying. That was good.
0: Yeah. Well, Thoreau, you know, he had his way of doing it. And then kind of a lot like uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Hello. Reading a book. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and she wants to get out. but. But, Greg, it's weird because a lot of people can't just do that. They can't, they just don't feel like they can. They feel trapped. They feel like there's more to life than what they're getting or offering, but they feel trapped by the fact that they've got to take care of family and stuff. How did,
7: how do you overcome that? Yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges. And, and that's what Thoreau says. He says, you know, he teaches. Sometimes, uh, instead of owning things, our things begin to own us. Yeah, and we kind of get caught in this trap of all this. Uh, everything we have in our possession kind of takes it takes time or energy or money, or you got to clean it, take care of it, pay for it, whatever. Right. And it starts to bind you down, and yeah, you feel trapped. And and I realized, man, what we're doing is is really unconventional. <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah. Like, wow, you guys are nuts, but we we just started saying, you know what we we want to live on purpose, right? We want to have our priorities in line and live accordingly. And so we, we felt the same way. We felt trapped. Like we had all these responsibilities, all these bills, Liam, and, and kind of you, you, people get in the grind. And they feel like for years and years and years, just paying the bills. Oh yeah. And so we started getting rid of stuff and it, and it, and you know, it's kind of hard cause you love your things, but then you start selling them and all of a sudden it's alleviating. Yeah. And so we had fewer and fewer things and all of a sudden we felt more free. And then we were, we were able to start making bigger decisions and start moving in a direction toward our dreams.
0: Well, it's like a lot of people do the opposite where they, they just work harder and harder to accumulate more things or to, like, get their things paid off. And I guess they think that's the that's the next best thing is at least everything's paid off and then I'm free. Except you're saying what would happen if you just learned to live with less?
7: Yeah, exactly. Man, let me tell a quick story. I was in yeah. – um, I was out – by Kennecott and uh, met an older couple. So Kennecott
0: we is a huge mine in, in Utah that's a big copper mine. It's like one of the biggest mines in the world.
7: And Yeah, so we were out there on that side, and, and this gentleman had worked as a foreman there for 41 years, and just a sweet little older couple. And we are talking to them, and I told her what we were doing, and she started to cry and, and just get all emotional. I was like, whoa, what's, what's going on? And she said, go for it, do it. We always told ourselves... That when we retired we'd go. We always said we'd we'd go live deliberately, we'd take our kids and go see it when we retired. And he says, We retired eleven years ago in the health. We haven't gone anywhere or done anything. So he said, Go, go live your dreams now. Yeah. Don't put it off, go. And and that was a big motivator for us. Those kind of stories people saying the postponing can be a real tragedy. Yeah, oh yeah. And it, there's things we can do now.
0: Well, and how old were you guys when you just when you came to this conclusion? Cuz you were really just barely getting into the you were just getting into the trap.
7: Yeah, I was 27 when we just said, "Hey, wait a minute. There's there's another way." And and by the way, and
0: Rachel's special in and of herself where she 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 is very purpose-driven, very knows very clearly what's most important and so you almost have to have a special relationship to, to do this.
7: Oh, absolutely. And she, well, I don't know if I can share her website where she writes yeah. discover share inspire.com. Yeah. and she writes and takes pictures and everything, but she's, you're right. She's right. And we meet so many couples that are like, Hey, I want to go, but my spouse doesn't. And, and there's a little bit of discord, but we, she and I, we've always seen eye to eye. And, and so it's been so helpful to have that. It, it's like, you know, the horse pulling option right? You get together and between the two of us, we can move mountains. Oh yeah. Cause we're just, we're pulling together in that. And we're both so determined to live life on purpose mm. according to our priorities. Well, and, and, uh, I remember
0: last time I saw you, you would, you had you'd been a bunch of places and then you went back up, I guess, to Alaska to kind of start a drive, uh, if, if that was right. And then, but I remember you sitting here and passing through Salt Lake um, with Rachel's mom, I believe it was, literally knowing that this might be the only time in a long time that Rachel's mom, I think it was her mom, I think it was her mom that was going to be, and her mom was tending a lot of the kids. and But this was, I mean, th- this decision you made to travel and to to grow, to grow this way it impact, it's impacting everyone in the family, like even rachel's mom probably isn't seeing you or your mom and they're not seeing you as much as they normally would
7: right, yeah, we left let me I'll back up just a tiny bit. We were living in India yeah in right. India working with people who have leprosy, and we got pregnant with our fifth child, so we moved to Alaska where he was born. And we were up there, and we, we wanted to travel full-time and spend time together as a family and see the world. So we literally loaded up on our, in our truck and camper, and we just started heading south real slowly. And so, yeah, we, we, we saw a family on the way, and Rach has gone back. But, it, you know, with technology, it helps because we can call all the time. Right.
0: Or we can Skype you can, you can, and
7: Skype video, and, and that's wonderful. You can see them, and the kids can see Grandma. But you're right. There, there's some sacrifices there, but it's what we call the exchange rate. It's what you are willing to exchange your life for. And some people will hand over 40 years of their, 40 of their best years of their life just to pay bills.
4: Right. And
7: they're at a job they hate. Oh, they can't stand it. They get sick on Monday morning because they have to go in and do something they hate to do. And so we just thought, you know what, there, there's going to be an exchange in everything. And we wanted to say, well, what's, what matters most to us?
0: Oh, that's powerful.
7: I mean, and it doesn't have to
0: be that people have to leave this world and go to a third world like you, but people could start exchanging, you know, maybe you don't need to be on the fast track to promotion, and instead you just need to be okay on the slow track, and that way you can exchange and have more time with your kids. I mean, the the exchanges can be more simple, too.
7: Absolutely. Yeah, We, we, we never tell anyone to do what we're doing. We just tell them to live their dream. But yeah, why not? Why not pursue the fast track to a fantastic family an awesome relationship with your kids and education instead of this, this consumed drive for the the lifestyle of wealth? Oh, yeah. I mean, and then for
0: what? I mean, for stress and anxiety. And then, you know, you finally make you're finally making your money and you need, you need it because you got to go get help. Um, (laughs) We're going to do this, Greg, we're going to take a break. And during that, we're going to try to fix your audio. We've kind of got a little hiccup. It's a little Guatemala to Provo, Utah hiccup, but uh, Greg Denning's on the phone with us. We're going to come back. Greg's going to start to teach us some of the keys, the steps to uh, living a more intentional life, living deliberately. This is the Matt Townsend show on Sirius XM 143 BYU radio.
5: Today's smartphones are pretty powerful. Powerful enough to fly themselves around the International Space Station.
6: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
5: The International Space Station is a complicated place to live and work. Keeping track of daily minor chores like checking air filters and gas sensors and monitoring various far-flung systems can take up a lot of time that NASA and the astronauts would rather spend running experiments or making observations. An innovative idea then presented itself the station could have some remote flying robots inside to handle some of these inspection chores. These parts were mostly on hand already. A group of experimental microsatellites called spheres was already on the station from an earlier experiment. These spheres were rounded objects about the size of a volleyball. Built by MIT, they've been used to test how small satellites could fly together in formations, dock and undock with each other. The smart idea came from NASA's Ames Research Center. They've upgraded the spheres by strapping off-the-shelf smartphones onto them. Result? Instant space drone. Now, the devices are smart spheres, controlled remotely from Earth. Through the phones, they can fly around the station and take pictures of inspection items while astronauts are busy or asleep. Or texting, maybe? For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Ravino.
6: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
1: Individuals suffering from fatigue, inability to lose weight, depression, anxiety, headaches, or poor circulation may have Hashimoto's, the number one cause of low thyroid.
6: Red River Health and Wellness chiropractic physicians conduct extensive medical testing to determine the cause of these symptoms providing a customized treatment plan for our patients. Red River Health & Wellness has two Utah locations in South Jordan and St. George, and in Albuquerque, New Mexico.
1: Learn more at lowthyroid101.com. Red River Health & Wellness.
3: Isn't it time for a little good on your
2: Twitter feed? Follow us at BYU Radio to stay connected with BYU Radio hosts, to keep updated about your favorite shows, and to stay current on Cougar Sports. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and keep talking about good. And thanks for listening to us here at BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143.
0: Welcome back, friends, to The Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about living deliberately – following a little bit of Thoreau's advice, you know, you got to get out and and front the essential facts of life. Not every fact in life is equally relevant or equally important. Some facts are essential. And, um, you know, you got to live deliberately to those. We are talking with Greg Denning. And Greg Denning is, uh, he's, he's a friend of mine. He's been a teacher. He's a coach. He's been speaking for over 14 years to groups and organizations. He has decided to live deliberately and has literally sold everything he's got uh, to 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 get out there. And he literally, I mean, I, I've seen him and I knew him as a young guy trying to fight the world and get the degrees he needed and get the job. And he actually got a really good job that a lot of people wanted. And he's a talented man. And then he and his wife, Rachel, after reading some books, figure out that they really could offer a lot more to the world if they just put their minds to it. And so they decided to sell their stuff and get on the road. And since then, they've gone to India. They've been to Guatemala. They've gone and started basically from Alaska and are driving their way down south, and they've made it all the way to Guatemala. But, Greg, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back. Thank you. You there? That sounds a lot better. I think we might have a little better sound on you. Uh, Now, Greg, fill us in. So here you sit in Guatemala. You have five beautiful kids. And really, people need to go check you out at uh, DeterminedLives.com. Or uh, you could check out uh, your wife, Rachel's blog, DiscoverShareInspire.com. Both of those are just great ways to learn more about what you guys are doing. And I know, Greg, you sit people down and you'll coach them over the phone about how to create a more deliberate approach to life. And when you sit down with people, Greg,
7: what do you see? What, what's your approach? Well, the, the main thing, the first thing I start with is priorities. I think if we have our priorities really crystal clear, yeah. then that's our starting point and we can start living accordingly. Right, but a lot of people they'll have their either they're unclear on their priorities, and if they do have them, they're not living accordingly. They they're giving all their time to a lower priority, and all their energy and attention and stress, and so they're they're feeling this. Well, like Thoreau said, most men live lives of quiet. Oh, Greg, they we're losing their you. songs still in them. Oh, oh.
0: Uh, darn it! And you're, you you keep coming in and out. Um, but we do. We we die with our song. Still in us, we've never kind of contributed the great thing that we could contribute to that. Uh, you know what we might want to do, Greg? Um, let me. We're just going to call you back and try to try to work on it. So hang on the line with him, and they're going to go see if they can work on your line because we got to hear from you, my friend. And if not, we'll just have you back on another day when we can get another line. We're talking to Greg Denning, uh, who's a life coach, kind of extraordinaire and and I really I really do believe that because I've seen him. In action, I've seen how he how he really is. He was he's charismatic, and he got in a teaching job where he he really was up and comer and uh, was really good at what he was doing. And they finally caught the vision that there is so much more to life to offer. And as as uh, as he sits down with people, one of the first things Greg was just talking about that he gets into is our priorities, and uh, really, it's a powerful thing. In fact, uh, there was a, a talk I was listening to a conference um, that, uh, that the LDS Church puts on um, recently for the entire church. It's basically televised and people speak, but in that conference there was a wonderful talk where somebody discussed a, a, a man named Jay Hess, who was an airman, and he was shot down over North Vietnam. So imagine during the 1960s, you're in Vietnam, you're, and you're shot down as an airman in North Vietnam. For two years, this man, um, his family had no idea where he was. They didn't know if he was dead or alive. And this happened a lot with prisoners of war during the war at that time. And if you don't know if somebody you love is dead or alive, it's a really, really difficult kind of way to live, obviously, right? Was well, his captors in Hanoi eventually allowed him— to write home a letter, but they limited his message to 25 words is all he was going to be given. 25 words is all this man would get. And in his 25 words, he wanted to figure out what he could say to his family that um, wasn't just that he was alive. He wanted to say something so they knew it was him, right? But he wanted also to, to leave a message with them. So that they could recognize it was from him, but he also wanted them to have counsel. So, worst case scenario, if he didn't end up making it, he wanted them to know what he believed most in. And in his 25 letters or words that he wrote back, this was his counsel, okay? This is what he wrote. Um, These things are important, colon. Temple marriage. Get married in the temple in the faith. Go on a mission. Go to college. Press on. Set goals. Write history. Take pictures twice a year. 25 words. Okay, so if somebody came up to you and stuck a microphone in front of you, in front of your face, what would you say in your 25 words? And out of that will probably flow, I would bet, what you come down with, what are the, what are the top 25 things you'd want someone to know, are going to be um, probably your most essential facts of life. According to Brother Hess, it's things like, hey, get married in the church, go on a mission and serve others, college, press on, set goals, write history, take pictures of your family twice a year. What would you say? And it's going to be your challenge for the program is I need you to identify what you would say, and that's probably going to get to your priorities. Now, hopefully we have Greg Denning's uh, phone lines uh, corrected here, his little problem there. Greg, are you back with us? I'm back. Hopefully, you can hear me better. Oh, this is so much better. Look at you. What did you do different? You went. You got off the beach, didn't you? <laughs> had to go into internet. <laughs> That's you had to go in where there's a telephone in the chair. See, welcome to the rest of our lives, Greg. What you need is a cubicle. If you were sitting in a cubicle, we'd get a lot better reception.
7: Oh, dude, a cubicle
0: <laughs> makes me. It makes me shiver. Does it oh. make you shake? So, Greg, tell <laughs> us, as you stand there, um, tell us what else you teach. So you sit down with people and you try to come up with their pri- – with help them identify what their priorities are.
7: Exactly. That's the first step, just identify what their priorities are. And then I think it's critical you start working on something every single day, right? You, you set up a daily routine and you do something every day that works, moves you closer to your priorities.
0: Like what? Like just one activity or something to do
7: it's directly connected to those priorities. Give right. me an example. Well, how, I mean, how many, of, how many of us have gotten up every day and, and day after day, week after week, month after month, and you're like, oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I haven't worked toward my goals or dreams. I haven't made a difference in the world. What am I doing? And the years just fly by. But like, for example, I get up almost every morning at 4 a.m. What? And I study. I study voraciously. I study the scriptures and I study great books I'm always trying to make myself better because nothing in life gets better until you do. Now You know you could get up at 5.30 and do the same thing. <laughs> Except there's not <laughs> enough time because my kids will be getting up in a few hours, and I want to spend tons of time with them. That's huge.
0: And then you get up, literally start studying, and because one of your goals is you want to be a sharp coach. You want to be able to, to work people and educate them and, and, and teach them what they need to do, but you can't do that if you haven't put some, some effort in.
7: Well, right. Input determines output, is what I always say. Whatever we put in is what we get out. And if we're spending our lives watching TV or, or whatever else we do, you know, seeking entertainment, we, we miss out on so much. And so, to me, my alarm clock is an opportunity clock. And I get up excited, excited for life and, and to become a better person and to make a difference in the world.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, don't you think that's a lot of the problem is – we all have these great dreams, aspirations, but we never work on them. And when you never work on them, they never, it's almost like they don't take seed, they don't take root. It's just a thought.
7: Exactly. And people would be surprised. You know, we get discouraged sometimes. We think, well, if I can only do, if I only have 20 minutes to set aside each day on my dream or goal, it's, nothing's gonna happen. And so they don't do anything. They set aside, they throw in the towel, but we're, we'd be surprised. All of us would be shocked at how much we can accomplish By just doing a little bit each day.
0: Yeah. Powerful. I mean, really, when you think about it, what, what else, what else could just that little minute take? I mean, how much water damage can take place? We just found out that we have a really big water bill and, uh, we're trying to figure out again, why we have such a big water bill. And I'm pretty sure it has something to do with a leaky toilet that just keeps running. And, you know, It was no big deal for us because we fix it. But then my wife and I went to Hawaii for a week, and apparently nobody in my family heard the leaky toilet for a week. And it cost us a lot of money. (laughs) So just a little thing, just a little thing could save you a lot of money or could save you a lot of, as you call it, the exchange rate. You get to exchange a little and get a lot.
7: Oh, absolutely. That's a good example. Just a little drip would add up so quickly and make a huge difference in your life. Yeah. Are you saying I'm a drip? (laughs) <laughs> no, I think you're living your dream, right? Yeah, you're you're singing true.
0: your song. I am you're living your passion. Oh, totally! I love what I do. Tell me more. What else do we do? So once we kind of know what our priorities are, and it's really, I think that kind of needs to be divinely inspired. Not getting like too preachy, but don't you think a, a true passion has got to have this connection to our deeper yeses? This 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 deeper purpose in life.
7: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I and I, I pray. Uh, I pray often just seeking that guidance, right, Help helping to know what Thou would have me do, mm-hmm. right? right. Just getting that guidance from heaven, and He'll open doors for you to do what He wants you to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh,
0: it's maybe too, we get so busy then trying to have to take care of all of our things that we no longer get connected to deity and God, we just are trying to
7: keep the toilet from overflowing. <laughs> Absolutely, you just get caught up. If I could, I I really want to emphasize a point here that I think the next thing is to start questioning social conditioning, right? The, The expectations around us. Too many of us, instead of looking up to God, we start looking laterally for approval. We're concerned about the opinions of others, comparing and, you know, keeping up with the proverbial Joneses. And we got to start questioning some of that stuff and saying, hey, really? Seriously? Right. Is this what we're trading our lives for? Well, how do you see that in Guatemala? I
0: mean, here you sit, and you've gone from India to where, Mexico, to Guatemala, to Costa Rica? Weren't you in Costa Rica? Right. We lived,
7: we lived in Costa Rica, in the Dominican Republic, in India, Mexico. We were in Belize for a while, now here. And so so how, how do you in see India. that
0: playing out? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how do you see this idea of questioning social expectations? Because social expectations in those countries are so different. Than the ones we might be facing here.
7: Absolutely. Well, that's what that's what really was kind of a wake up call to us is we got to India, and so much of everything we know is the opposite over there. They don't eat with utensils where I was in southern India. They all eat with fingers. Yeah. And, and I wanted a spoon or a fork, and there weren't any. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't have any. What? They, they didn't exist. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And they drive on the left hand side of the road. Uh, almost all of the marriages are arranged marriages. Right. I mean, everything we had known was different over there and they thought we were weird and i was like hey that's weird and you start saying well wait a minute why do we do the things we do why do we act that certain way why do we believe a certain thing why do we get so upset about this little thing when they, in other parts of the world they don't even consider it and it really starts to help you think differently and change your perspective well and and question really
0: what's what matters here silverware you know what i mean a spoon <laughs> But, Absolutely. And uh, apparently you're surviving without oh, yeah. a spin. We, we, we,
7: have, we have a good life. We have a great life.
0: No, you do. And when you go see the pictures, you do have a great life. And you can just see, you know what else I see in the pictures of your family is you just see joy. You're just plain joy It versus, you know, I, I look at my kids when I walk in and they're all doing their homework. And I know you guys have got your homework, but... They all just are angry because we got stress and tomorrow's another horrible day and we're all paying homage to something we don't want to be
7: paying homage to. Oh, I know it's not that bad at your house. No, it is. But but in a lot of places it is, right? It's where they get so stressed and so caught up about things that don't matter. Somebody once said that the most important things in life are not things. And for us, that was a huge wake-up call. If I can share a quick story, we were... We were out in rural India in the middle of nowhere, and we got invited over to this home, and it was probably 10 feet by about 15 feet, and that's it. That was the whole home, and there was mom and dad and four teenage kids, Mm. and that's how they, they lived their whole life there, and they invited us over as honored guests for this amazing meal and i' I guarantee that meal must have cost them a full salary oh my, heavens. and there was no table, there was only one bed, and so they set up the bed like a table, and we all squatted around the bed and they served us and and all six of them stood there and refused to eat one thing until we had all eaten because we were their honored guests, and they were all there, they were engaged, they were happy they they were good Christian people, and they they were just jovial and you'd see them around and they were just so happy to ride their bike in, uh, you know, 120 degree weather. <laughs> and they just, Wow. Again, it was a reminder like, Hey, these guys are so happy and they have what matters most and yet they live with almost nothing materially.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and to have your kids be able to see that. Uh, there's one of my favorite quotes and we got to take a break is that which is most personal is most universal. So the things we fear the most, the things we're so excited about personally, Um, are so universal. Everybody in India feels the same thing. In Alaska, in Mexico, we have our basic needs, our basic fears. Good stuff. We're talking to Greg Denning. We'll be back. Greg uh, is trying to do what he can to teach us to live deliberately, letting us catch the fever of living deliberately. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with more right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
3: KBYU FM HD2 Provo
1: Here at BYU Radio we want to create shows that connect with you so if you're listening to one of our talk shows and hear something that resonates call us we want to hear your questions opinions and stories our toll free number is 855-CHAT-BYU that's 855-242-8298 we would love to hear from you Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio News. United Airlines is putting the grounded Boeing 787 back in its flight schedule, even though the plane is still grounded by the government authorities. United acknowledged today that the plane is supposed to start its schedule on May 31st. A man who helped plot an attack with machine guns and grenades on a Seattle military complex was sentenced in federal court today to 17 years in prison. The two men who were arrested in June of 2011 when were they arrived at a warehouse to pick up three machine guns that had been disabled by government agents. A school bus went off the road, rolled over and lodged in an embankment today in New Mexico and the driver died at the scene. Authorities are still not sure whether the driver had a heart attack or died from the crash. Investigators said that six students were taken to a nearby hospital for treatment as well. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel is expected to speak at Roger Ebert's funeral today. The film critic died last week at age 70 after a long battle with cancer. Margaret Thatcher died today from a stroke. The first and only female British prime minister was 87 years old. Queen Elizabeth has authorized a ceremonial funeral for her, complete with flags at half-staff. In world news, at least 15 people have been killed by a suicide car bomber in Damascus, Syria. The attack was staged in the financial heart of the capital. The blast was the latest in a recent series of bombings to hit Damascus in the Civil War. North Korea says it's suspending operations at a factory complex it has been jointly running with South Korea. The North Korea... The North Cur- North Korea is moving closer to severing its last economic link with its rival as tensions escalate. That's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show Learning to live deliberately, that's the topic of today's show. We've got a great guest joining us, Greg Denning, who is, uh, you can find him at his website, um, DeterminedLives.com. And Greg has made it a point to hit the road. He left the United States, has basically traveled from Canada to Guatemala so far with a trip to India and a trip here and there. But he is now taking his family of five, he's been married since 2001, and he and his wife Rachel are living deliberately, trying to experience life in its purest form, not get caught up in the things, but instead trying to focus a little bit more on the beings. And um, so, Greg, welcome back to the program with us. Thank you. Now, Phyllis, in. what are some more ways? So priorities, number one, we got to get our priorities straight, figure out really what's important. Then we got to start to question our social expectations.
7: Right. And then then another big one, and I'll back up a little bit here. I, I grew up in a broken home, um, ended up on the streets at 16. I was out on my own. And, man, <laughs> it was hard. There were some hungry, cold, lonely nights. Yeah. And finally, at one point, I was 17 or 18, I just realized, you know what? No, I can't blame anybody. Uh, if I'm going to make anything in my life, I've got to do it. And that's what I call leaving victimville, where you no longer play the victim. And, and light, you realize life is what you make of it. Yeah. And you, you stop blaming. You stop making excuses. It's not your boss. It's not your government. It's not what your mom did. It's not any of those things. It's, say, hey, I own it. And if I want to live more deliberately – I've got to start taking steps today and really discipline myself and go after it.
0: And it's, I mean, when you're sitting in Mexico or sitting in Guatemala, you've got people there that have got every reason in the world to feel
7: like a victim, but they don't feel that. No, they get up and they go after it. Here in Guatemala, right? These these Mayan people, they work so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And they get up every morning and they just go, go, go trying to make a better life for themselves. There's no sitting around blaming the government here. Isn't that
0: interesting? Because it's uh, I guess that we that's the other problem is with our social question and expectations. Do you expect to get just the free meal or do you expect to have to go work for it to go earn it? I mean, you had every reason in the world to be mad at society. I mean, your family wasn't even strong enough
7: to provide a home for you. Yet you left victim. You left Victimville. Right. Exactly. You know, I was for a while there. I I moped around with my head down saying, well, if they hadn't done this and they hadn't done that, but it wasn't doing me any good. Mm. And so I said, you know what? Hey, from from today forward, my life is going to be better. And I wanted an awesome marriage and great kids. And I've and I've got them. Yeah. And now we're, now we're having a great time together. Well, yeah, but what you're missing out on is a, a huge mortgage.
0: Do <laughs> you know what I mean? You're missing the mortgage. And I don't know okay, if you know it, but the furniture. rates right now, the rates are so low. You could get in and have a nice low rate mortgage hanging over your head.
7: Oh, man. Sometimes <sighs> the cages are very attractive.
0: Aren't they? I need, yeah. Then you got to lock them, right? And then you're locked in your own cage. In a 30-year exactly. fixed
7: lot. <laughs> exactly. What else? You know, and, I'm, and I'm not going to bag on that. No. i got to be clear. I'm not going to bag on that because p- some people, that's, that's a good life. But I just want people to start asking some serious questions. Yeah. Really? Is it worth the exchange rate, and is that what you really, really want? Because we don't
0: think that. Do I mean, we kind of get in. Well, you can get the loan, so you may as well get the loan. But you're saying before you get the loan, question your priorities, Start to question the social expectation on it. Do you really need a house that big? And uh, make sure if you do that, you're you're a source of knowing that. You, okay, great. If you're going to do this, then
7: don't play victim. Absolutely, huge. Yeah, you own it. You make you make your lunch. I like. that. I, I gotta say though, another great thing um, is jump in your mind, jump to the end of your life, and look back. And. Look back at it and say, well, I'm, I do two exercises. I have people write out the first one is, I'm so grateful I, and then have them just write, 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 and then I sure wish I had, mm. right? And it starts giving perspective. You get to the end of your life. And the number one, there was a nurse, and she wrote this article in, uh, in Great Britain, in the five top regrets of the dying. And the number one yeah. for men, number one regret was they they'd worked too much. They wished they hadn't spent so much time at the office. Oh,
0: but they spent every day there. I wish I hadn't spent so much time at the office. I think most people would say that, you know, maybe not Nixon. Nixon probably would have liked a little longer at the office. (laughs) But everybody else would probably wish they had just
7: focused more on what was important. Right. Are you going to be laying in your desk saying, man, I wish I'd have spent a couple more weeks in that cubicle? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Dang. That cube was great. (laughs)
7: It was it's, awesome. I had it all decorated. It was
0: great. <laughs> I almost got the new phone for my cube. Um, the right. funny thing is, is I, I really think we don't we don't question if there is another option for us. So we get stuck in what we assume has to be, instead of kind of making our own what we want to create.
7: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Nobody even looks up. They just kind of got the blinders on, and they're looking down, just kind of walking through the grind, Yeah, and and never stop to go, wait a minute, is there another way, or is there a better way? I mean, ask, ask yourself that constantly. Is there a better way? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, how many people has, have had their lives changed by asking that, where instead of saying you couldn't go to school, I remember listening to Colin Powell talk about the fact that nobody in his community went to school. You just... You know, you join the military or whatever. But here he sits the way he was talking when he was the chief, uh, the head of the, um, the joint chiefs of staff in charge of this huge military movement. But, you know, he thought differently. And just having a shift there of how he wanted his kids to know him or what he wanted people to think about him, just that change got him into maybe a, a different kind of world. That's what I love about you, Greg, is you're not saying everyone needs to go serve the poor in in third world countries or whatever. You're saying, what is your music that needs to be played? Exactly.
7: Yeah, yeah. wake up and live and, and get out and sing your song, whatever it is. Ask God and do some soul searching. Find out what you're supposed to sing and do it. And, and break away from... You know, the, the labels of, hey, you're this, and so you can't ever become that. Right. Or you're too this, or you're too that, and, and more labels and excuses. And, and there's this huge connection between behavior and identity, right? Right. If I'm this, then I, I can't break away. I can't live my dream. I have to go and do this thing, even though I hate it for the next 40 years.
0: Yeah, but I've paid my dues, and I can't turn away now, and now I've got debt, student debt. Yeah, yeah. It's stuff. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, this is a spirit, I think this idea of living deliberately is a spirit that we need. There's so many people right now that are in the grind, but there's a lot of, and it's interesting to me, there's a lot of younger people, a lot of kids or, or youth that are in college now that I think have kind of pick, picked up the victimville mentality, like, it's not going to work, you know, life's against me, I've got debt, I'm not even going to get a job, and you know, it used to be the youth were the ones that had the hope. The rest of us were burnt out. But uh, this is a message that needs to get out there. What do we need to do as people to spread this message a little bit more?
7: Oh, it's, well, see, it's tough because you start talking about it and, and you're guaranteed to get kicked back. Yeah. I mean, the crowd's going to be like, are you crazy? <laughs> Go back and get a job. And everyone hates their job. You just keep going. Stop asking questions. But but we do need to inspire more people, right? And and catch a vision and share it, and encourage people to sing their song, whatever it be. Well, and you can do do it in the community. You don't have to move. Do it in your community.
0: Join a local choir. Join a local play. Start a play. I mean, you can do anything with your talents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with an online community, it's
7: easier even connecting around the world.
0: Yeah. That's what I love about your site, too, because you're, you're there to answer questions. You're there to give content. Um, tell us what you're seeing in your life now. How is your life different? How is it different with your family than you saw that it was when you were here and just
7: living the grind? Um, perspective. Perspective, for sure, because you, you see things differently. Now I was I was living and working in a small town, and I, I love small towns. They're just quiet and they're peaceful, but often you get a small town mentality, and you forget that the world's not like that everywhere. And you start thinking, well, this is the way things are, and so when you get out and you're constantly having new experiences, right? You're you're eating. We ate fried crickets and we ate iguanas the other day. <laughs> I mean, we, we we got all this crazy stuff. Oh, like, I love iguana. Dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just so different and. And languages, right? I went out this morning, and these people are speaking Kachiquel, and I was like, "What is? What is this? And how does it work? And I can't understand it." And in a new way of life, you start seeing things differently and yeah. broader, and you start to grow. I mean, it's it's you grow. I love personal growth. I'm on this personal quest for excellence, right? Just to become the best person I can. And new experiences and uncomfortable situations help us all grow. And so I've seen my kids. Now are speaking Spanish well, and they're so confident. Mm. I mean, they can go talk to a little old lady, or a new kid, or a teenager, and they're dealing with languages and cultures and and different situations, wealthy or very poor, and they're confident and comfortable, and they're 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 beginning to live their lives with direction and purpose. It's so exciting to see that.
0: Well, and esteem. I mean, your kids are they're growing what real esteem is, self worth. They're not. Their identity of who they are is um, is somebody that's a servant, somebody that's not a victim, somebody that understands that they're an agent in their life, and they know what's important. I mean, having those things in place, you can't beat that for self-worth. It, I mean, or I guess it's the car and the clothes and the body. Right, attached to things.
7: Well, and see, I love I love youth. I loved teaching, and I miss it, and I still do a lot of it. But the youth, so many of them were tied to what their friends thought Mm -hmm. or what their peers thought. And they were tied to electronic gadgets and clothes and style and fashion and the things that didn't really matter that much. And so if we can kind of detach from that a little bit and just keep focused – and it's hard. It's hard when you're you're surrounded by it. But if you can just keep focused on what really matters most, oh, man, it sets your life on a totally different course. Oh, yeah. And then you can get paid, and it doesn't even have to be a paycheck. It just –
0: I mean it literally just becomes something that you're offering because you know you're doing I can't tell you how many speeches I've done for free, but you just know it's right and it just feels right and there's your payday. Bye, exactly. thanks. And it just feels so good. Well, Greg, so appreciate it. We're gonna we're gonna have you back for sure. We wanna keep up on your um on your journey through life and have you pick our brain so and pick we pick your brain. You can pick our brain too if you want. I really just feel like it's a message that needs to get out there that life is ours to live and uh, I think you're such a great source. They should go then to a couple of places again. They should go to Living Deliberate. Uh, what is it? Living Deliberately. No, a determined Lives. Uh, determined and, Lives.
7: And discover, Share, Inspire.com.
0: Good stuff. Greg Denning, thank you so much. And uh, be safe. And I can hardly wait. Oh, by the way, uh, I have a, a son that will be coming to Mexico with you and a nephew coming to Guatemala. So, Fantastic. So be looking for them nice. when they're there. Greg Denning, thanks so much. Uh, Appreciate you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show here on Living Deliberately. You know, have you been thinking about what your 25 words are? What would you say if you had 25 words to write to your family? What would those words be? It's a great thing to think about to figure out what your priorities are. We'll be back on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
1: What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. BYU alumni and business partners, Danny Ashworth and Matt Heaton.
7: My first computer science class at BYU was CS142. One of my classmates' names caught my attention during roll. It was the same name as one of my childhood friends. After class, I approached him and said, I used to know a Matt Heaton from Las Vegas. And Matt said, I am Matt Heaton from Las Vegas.
6: Matt was selling floppy disks and computer hardware out of his apartment at the time. He offered to pay me 50% of the profit on anything I helped him sell. Things really started going well, and we decided to start our
7: business, Computer Warehouse. Later, we also co-founded ZeroCatch.com and Bluehost.com in Provo, Utah. That computer science class at BYU changed the course of my whole life.
5: Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu slash update. Remember when, remember why. BYU Alumni, connected for good.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Now, we've been talking about living deliberately, which is a line that comes from uh, Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau. And you'd think everybody would just love Thoreau, but not everybody does. So the phrase living deliberately comes from Thoreau, but little did we know about the strong feelings that our own Bryce Tobin has about this guy.
3: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. I try to stay out of literary circles. It's just not my bag. For the most part, I'm generally too ignorant to make a worthwhile contribution and too unwilling to change that ignorance. But for today, I'm going to break out of character by breaking into character to declare that I really don't like Henry David Thoreau. I don't like how he's worshiped, venerated, and constantly quoted. I don't like most of his ideas, and I especially don't like how he delivered them. For example, let's take the big idea from Walden, that breaking away and living what he called the simple life, close to nature, is better. Okay, my first problem is that this is not practical or even really feasible. As a species, we've evolved to our conveniences like clothing or farming. We can't go 100% natural and survive. And if nature drives evolution and evolution is all about survival, and the simple life decreases chances of survival, then it's ultimately against nature. But I digress. We can't really go simple. We can simplify, but that's not being totally committed to the lifestyle change. To write Walden, Thoreau went to Walden Pond and lived in a house out there for two years. This is where he lived the simple life. My second problem is that he's living in a house. Houses are probably the first invention made in protest of nature. Our ancestors literally said, Hey nature, I don't like you, so I'm going to use pieces of you to separate you from me in a rather ironic display of innovation. And then my third problem is that he only did it for two years. This isn't living the simple life, this is living the simple life for a little bit to provide fodder for a book so I can make more money. And when you frame it that way, it sure doesn't seem so noble now, does it? And then he writes a book about how everything was better living the simple life, and it's all from his perspective. Look, I'm not from debate club, but an argument is pretty weak without something to contrast it with. It's also one-sided, and it's super polarized. Another big piece from Thoreau is resistance to civil government, better known as civil disobedience. The gist of this is that government is bad and it shouldn't be allowed to overrule and erode your personal sense of morality. And in a more subtle way, he pretty much said it was totally cool to break the law as long as you had a moral disagreement with the government. I have far more problems with this piece of work, but I'll just give you the highlights. First, it's a carrion call for anarchy. I'm all for revolutions, but the less blood the better, and Thoreau didn't care to make much of a distinction in this regard. Second, morality varies, like, a lot. And I don't want the preservation of some personal sense of morality to be the primary cause of revolutionary activity. I want something more solid at the foundation of my revolution. But first, allow me to give you some context. Thoreau objected to the Mexican-American War, and he had a real problem with slavery. That's fine, he can do that. But the manner in which he resisted was by not paying taxes. Because as we all know, taxes only go toward wars and slavery and have nothing to do with road building or like a postal service. He did this for six years and when he was finally caught, he was put in jail for only one day and then started writing what would become civil disobedience. But let's also not forget that someone paid his taxes for him and Thoreau made sure to express how this displeased him. All of this being nothing more than the adult version of the behavior of a frustrated toddler throwing a fit. Look, I don't like taxes either. I disagree with a lot of the things our government does. And I once got pulled over because I hadn't updated my car's registration in four years. And I had to pay a fine. But you know what? I updated my registration and paid the fine because I had four years to take care of it. I acted like an adult and dealt with my problems. I didn't go on a smear campaign. I didn't decide to continue driving in protest. I moved forward with my life. Now, let me say, I'm fine with the essence of Thoreau's messages, that there's value in simplifying your life, and that you shouldn't sit back and passively comply when the man in Washington starts telling you to do things that you don't want to do. But his delivery is so bad! He indirectly places blame all over the place. He didn't like slavery. And because he didn't like slavery, the government's bad. No, slavery is what's bad. Fight that. Don't fight the government. And he's preachy. He just tosses everything out there and tells you that it's right. Culturally, we don't like this. And I think the best comparison to this is the way that advertising is changing from the older model to viral marketing. The old model went like this. You should buy this because buying this is the best thing that has ever been done. All your dreams come true and when you buy this it instantly and permanently makes all the people you don't like feel bad forever. You see, one-sided, and it only has good things to say and no proof for any of the outrageous claims. Whereas, viral marketing shows you the product, tells you everything you want to know about the product, and then they show the product being used, usually in an unexpected and interesting way to get the wow factor and give you a reason to show your friends. But the most important part is that they don't tell me what to do. They give me what I need or what I want, and then they leave it up to me. And most importantly, Thoreau didn't really live what he taught. He did a little bit, but only as much as he had to. People like Greg Denning take the viral marketing approach to their ideas, and then they live it. And this is a great way to show if an idea is good. The information can stand on its own, and then if the lifestyle is flawed, it'll show up in your living of it. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
0: Wowzers. Was that long-winded? Uh, well, it was three time, two times longer than you normally do, right? which I like because you, it lit you up. It did. I got excited. I, I'm sensing you don't like Thoreau. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I was reading that in between the lines. You got that sense? Good. <laughs> then it worked. But it's interesting. You, you don't negate his points. You just kind of more don't like his approach.
3: Yeah, I don't like his approach at all. But I like, and
0: I don't particularly like him as a person. Well, have you met him?
3: Uh, no, there was about 120 years separating But it's kind of like
0: what we've made him. We've made this... You think he just... You know, he was just... He's uh, like... He's, in the 60s and 70s, he's become like the hero of nature. Yeah.
3: And I know, I know. You don't you hate into nature. It. No, it's really
0: nice sometimes. You went skiing in it this year. I did, all the time. <laughs> so really, your point is more because let me, let me go over this because what uh, Greg Denning was teaching us, you're okay. People should prioritize their life and make choices based on their priorities. Absolutely. You agree that we should probably question some of our social expectations. Absolutely. Even like uh, question, you know, not just, I mean, always remain free. Don't let your social expectations or governments pushing on you take your freedom. Yeah, it's you questions,
3: agree. asking questions in the very least gets you thinking about it differently. Yeah.
0: You agree we shouldn't be a victim. We should leave Victimville. Yeah, yeah, no. Own uh, up. Oh yeah. You agree we should probably lose a lot of our labels. Yeah. Um
3: I guess labels that are important, keep those. Like yeah. like I am a dad. Yeah. Like other silly labels, I don't know. Like
0: <laughs> Republican, <laughs> Democrat.
3: Sure. I mean, some Maybe people like, some people won't like that, yeah. but I'm on board like Well, you've
0: seen how this whole country falls apart when we divide everyone two ways. Yes. Maybe we ought to, Maybe there's more options than two. And you agree that you know everyone has a song. Do you believe this inside them that needs to be sung?
3: Oh uh, well, if. If the iPod is any evidence, life is, <laughs> life is better with a soundtrack. We've all pretty yeah. much screamed that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Life is better with a soundtrack. There's a song inside everyone. You've got a song, which is the rant, which is why we like you to rant. That's why I still have a job, at least. Well, f- today you do. Today. So, I mean, but socially it could be like, well, I can't believe it. We just talked about living deliberately, and yet you came in and just disrespected the writer, the author of the thought of living deliberately. But I, you didn't. I did, but I didn't. You just said, hey, I I like the idea. I don't like the delivery, though. Yeah. Well, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Find the peace. Good job. Another rant. See, we can you can see both sides of every argument. Okay, so here's the deal. Did you answer the question? If you had 25 words to write somebody a letter, and that's all you could write, what would your 25 words be? What would you talk about? Would you bring up your religion or your faith? Would you bring up your your principles of working hard and sacrificing and service, what would you put in the letter? What would have to make it in the letter for the letter to be legit, for it to be real for you? And I'm going to challenge you to go really write down those 25 words. And then at the very end, here's what I want you to do. Don't hate me. I'm just the messenger. I want you to ask yourself, are you living your life in a way that those 25 words would actually be validated in your life? Meaning, is there enough evidence to convict you that those twenty-five things are important? Not just that they were written in your last letter. Can you actually find them in your life? Can you find them uh, in in the way you live, in the in the where you spend your time and where you spend your money? Seriously important stuff. Will you please share what's important to you with your kids? Take something you learned from today's show and go teach it to your children, your grandchildren. Share it with your spouse. And again, we're here uh, Monday through Friday. want to do what we can to make your life a little bit better. If you want more information, go to matttownsend.com. You can find my blog there on the blog. You'll get links to Greg Denning's uh, site, his wife's site, Rachel Denning as well as well as just some of these ideas, some of the questions we've been asking on the show. Also check us out on Facebook. And always, you can join us here uh, on BYU Radio. We'll be back again tomorrow with more great ideas to give you a smarter life, a smarter love. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.